0: Look how the stars turn on. Look how the stars.
1: Welcome to episode 18 of The Press Box. I'm Craig Colgan, and once again, I'm joined by local journalist James Rogers to discuss all the latest news and views from Aurea Park. It was the end of an era at Oriel Park on Friday night as the club said goodbye to its longest servant, Chris Shields, after a stellar career which saw him win 16 trophies across nine and a half seasons and 348 matches. In this week's episode, we'll pay tribute to Chris's time at the club by speaking to the man himself. There's also contributions from his brother Stephen, former teammate and coach Rory Higgins, club PA announcer Mickey Duffy and local media representatives John Murphy and Jerry Malone. Before all of that, we have to reflect back on another positive result for Vinny Perth with Friday's two win, two one victory even over Derry City, seeing Dundalk move up to sixth in the table. So, Jim, it's a, a kind of nice week to to come back. I suppose the loss of uh, Shields is, is is sad, but I suppose the the run of Vinny definitely kind of shows us that we're on a a, a good run of form. Anyway, I think it's what's seven points in in his first nine.
2: Yeah, look, it's. Um... There's been a few false thoughts this, this season, needless to say, but I think it's probably the first time that you can say um, things look to be looking a bit up and more organised. Um, I think uh, I don't think we dwell on it too long because we, we, we do want to speak more so about Chris this week, but um, like the other dinosaurs I thought Nathan Garthside only for him. Um, it wouldn't have flattered and thought to be maybe three four ahead at the break. Um and you know, even at that own toll pull the goal back on the hour mark for Derry and you're thinking, you know, there's been a fair few two-twos between these sides over the years and and it probably could have went that way again. But I and I think, you know, Dundalk maybe even a few weeks ago that probably would have probably would have drew that game and and likewise even going back to the and I know we discussed it the previous week, but the draw of the game as well. Um not always pretty, but got the job done. And I think if they get back to being difficult to beat, um, and start looking more of a threat, which certainly they did on Friday. Now we, we do hope there's more to come obviously, but, uh, it's certainly looking, um, a bit better. And obviously even moving to sixth, it's, it's progress. It's a step in the right direction. And, you know, uh, despite everything, like they are only three points off fourth place now. Um, even I was chatting to a fan during the week who put 50 euro on the dock to win the league at 50 to one and I know that's very 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 ambitious but you know an 11 point gap um it's probably not unthinkable um I I probably wouldn't be as uh I hope I'm wrong but I probably wouldn't be as confident in terms of something like that but I think a good season would be if they could get into that sort of European places for next year and it gives you something to build it but again it's early days and and I think we need to see it over a sort of longer period and Europe's going to come up now which will obviously be a distraction but I thought something that was interesting the other day was that um, it was the halfway point so I suppose 18 matches between the 18 matches of this season and the 18 matches from, from the half season last year the Dock have now won 50 points which you know, um, to put that into context would only have been good enough for a sixth place finish in both 2018 and 2019. So they do need to step it up further. Um, now I think what will what will help in that regard is that you know Vinnie Pert has won 21 of those 50 points out of uh 33 that was available to him. So I think, um, he's probably been the most successful of the of the various people have been in the dugout in that in that period of time. So hopefully, as I say, we can kick on from here because um yeah, it was a sort of sad day at o- at Oriel on, on Friday. But equally I think the performance gave a bit of confidence that maybe there's better days ahead as well.
1: I suppose to to help with the better days, I kinda to kind of go through even a few of ins and outs. Uh, Will Patching, I see him kind of back training with Dundalk anyway. So, you know, that can only add positives. But uh, have you heard of any kind of more kind of ins and outs, shall we say, or any of the players maybe leaving? or?
2: Yeah, I think I think Will, just to briefly touch on him, I think he could be massive potentially because um, for me, he's probably been the outstanding individual in the league this season. Um, if you look at his figures and I know, what there's a top three of Sligo, Derry and uh or sorry, not Sligo, Pat's and, and Rovers. But um you know, they've probably got there with the odd bit of brilliance from individuals, obviously, but more so based on solid team than 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 one player being the standout. And for, for in that regard, I think Will has been outstanding and I'm delighted for him in one sense because he probably was written off by a lot of Dundalk fans last year I suppose easier said than done that he can now translate that form to Dundalk but you know if he can you know potentially what a player we have Uh, I think there will be a couple of ins and outs probably not in time for the game on Friday against Rovers but uh, I know they are looking to get maybe three or four players in um, certainly a goalkeeper in centre half or high up on the the radar and there'll probably be a bit of movement as well like I think um, Jesus uh, Perez uh, Chino has already departed there's there's talk of a few other players maybe leaving as well that, that likes like maybe someone like junior who hasn't really featured that much so there, w- there will be a bit of movement but at at this time I think it's probably too much or too early should i say to maybe speculate on the, the exact personnel but i think um it could do with a bit of fresh blood and i think you know even looking ahead to friday if you can get a win against shamrock rovers so i think you know what that would do for your confidence um you know, particularly with one eye on Europe as well, uh, would be would be absolutely massive. And the assistant
1: manager officially departed today.
2: Uh, well, yeah, well, uh, Giuseppe was actually just a a coach rather than the, the assistant. Um, yeah, look, it's a it's a kind of, I suppose, sad one in that regard too. Like, um, I I didn't really deal much with Giuseppe personally, but I know he was someone. Very well respected. I think you only have to look at the the Twitter reaction from from players and stuff close to the camp, and very very popular guy, very passionate guy. to think you'd you'd always hear him um on a match day uh, shouting and stuff like that. And and I suppose him and Filippo um as a duo last year gave us some great memories. To be fair, um I think he he's recently completed his pro license um. So or so not his pro license, his A license. So I think it's a it's a probably a good time for him to maybe move on and, and look for something else. But yeah, that that sort of void will need to be filled, I'd imagine, because uh, Liam Lean Burns has been helping out a bit uh, in terms of the coaching side with, with Vinny, but um he probably does need another body in there. They are light on the ground at the moment in that regard, and uh I suppose an assistant. It's probably one of those that again you're hearing different things. Like I'm led to believe, Bill Holzleiser would like to appoint Dave Rogers, who obviously was close to the the main job um, not that long ago. Um, and Dave Dave's actually been at the last two home matches, so you know there's obviously a bit of legs in that. Whereas I think Vinny would like his own his own sort of person in and. Uh, Led to believe one of the guys he was looking at was uh, Barry Kelly, who'd be a a nephew of Gary Kelly. Obviously, played with Ireland and and Leeds. So um, yeah, remains to be seen how that goes. I think it's uh, one of those sort of unfortunate things. I think where. Again, there should maybe a bit of conflict in terms of who gets their way on a decision, um, but we'll see how that one plans out. But I do, I do think after you know, particularly with Giuseppe leaving, uh, obviously Stephen McDonald's gone back into the academy setup. Um, Jim McJilton's obviously not on the training ground anymore. Uh, and as much as I wouldn't doubt, say someone like Dean Bourne's given his playing experience, and he's obviously coached under nineteens in the past, and things like that I wouldn't doubt his ability to help out in that regard. I think you know, ultimately, his job is as community officer. So, uh, and he was doing a COVID role with the club as well for for a while there. So I think you know, it's probably not something that you can go with for the next six months, shall we say. So I think it's important that that's sort of ironed out sooner rather than later.
1: A potential um, sad debut on Friday for former legend Richie Teld. I, I, I don't even. I obviously Richie always looks fit, but uh, I don't even know if, if uh, Bradley. I think did he play in the uh, behind closed doors against Cabin Thiele, um with Stokes as well the other day actually. But uh, I don't yeah, know if, he, like, if uh, he planned to start or anything. But uh, I assume uh, he'll
2: get some minutes anyway. I'd expect him to start, and I think. Um... Look, we know one thing—you'd never question Richie on and I think anyone who follows him on the likes of Instagram, he's a fit lad, and he he has been working hard, and I I wouldn't doubt his ability to be able to go in at the at the deep end like that. Um, they probably need him as well. Like I mean, um, the you form know, is shocking, shocking. It is like, right I mean, there. I think I, I think I read there the other day that it, was, it was twelve points from the second se- series of matches. Um, you know, for for a team that are you know, to be fair to them, they're still joint top, but um it's 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 a poor return and and certainly um you know probably more alarming for them in the short term is you know with from Bratislava on their horizon they they could do it a pick me up as well. So uh you know Friday could be a big game in that regard for for both teams so It could really um I suppose we probably you know, they'd probably been getting away with a few results in terms of late goals and that, but we were probably the team who kind of kick-started their bad run when we when we ended their, their unbeaten record in Oriel. so uh, maybe from from their point of view, beating, beating us would be the, the ideal way to, to sort of get back on track, but um, equally, it's a great opportunity for Dundalk. I think, you know, the, that Rovers team will be a bit low on confidence and um, Certainly, if you if from Vinnie Parrott and the team's point of view, if you can if you can build on that with a win, it, it would really set you up nicely for the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, look, like I, I do actually just want to reference the Rovers' uh, form just for one second. Like, I, and I know whoever your man is that said uh, about the Dundalk thing that, that winning the league, like that's not out of the question now. When you think like eleven points and the shocking stuff that we've played and the points we've lost, etc. 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 And again, go beat Rovers, and you're down to eight. And again, you've fifty percent like of the season to go, and all. I don't know, and I just think the fact that everybody seems to be dropping points and stuff. Like if Vinny gets things going, if we don't lose too many good heads anyway, and uh, can get rid of kind of some of the maybe wasted talent and bring in some you know solid League of Ireland lads. I wouldn't put a pass on Dr. Wendellick. And I know that is probably a crazy statement as well, but like it actually at the race Vinny's going, you'd be quietly confident like.
2: Yeah, look, the only thing I'd say to that is it's early days. I mean, um, as much as, listen, no one would be happier than me if that was the case, but, uh, you know, Friday was only the second time this season they've won back-to-back matches. So um, they, they definitely need to, improve on that if they're going to even get Europe, <laughs> never mind the league. But there is opportunity there and, and I did reference it and, and it wasn't. I think a few Bose fans took exception to it. I put a tweet out the other night and I it, it wasn't a, a dig at Bose necessarily, but more so how perception of you in the media can, you know I, I suppose paper over how, how you're perceived. Because you know, I made the point that I think since um since Filippo and uh, Shane Keegan left the club and and I don't think any Dundalk fan would, would claim that results have been brilliant since that. then as, a, as an overall package obviously there's been good moments but a lot of bad ones as well um, we've actually taken three more points than them I think it was 25 to 22 um, and even now you know I think there was people tipping bows for the title over in recent weeks and, and really really talking them up and I'm not trying to take away from bows in that regard but like you know if, even if you if you look at the only reason they're 3 points ahead of us is because you know a referee failed to give a, a blatant handball in the closing stages of the game in Oriel, um and I'm I'm not particularly moaning about that but it it does i think there's been so much negativity at times around on doc in the media and listen I'm not saying I didn't contribute to that in a, in a little bit but it sometimes does uh kind of make things appear worse than they are and and equally at other side of the coin it can make things maybe seem better than they are um but definitely um i think the top three you know they're they're level on points and i'm not saying none of the three deserve to be up there but there's probably been opportunities for all three at various points to kick on and pull away and get a bit of a gap there and none have really taken it and because of that it's kind of left it open to you know a lot of teams if if anyone can sort of put to sort of run a form together that and I know it's easier said than done than Doc did in 2019 or Rovers did last season you know it's definitely there for the taking but um on current form I mean who would you back uh, you know no one looks to be you know you even look at someone like Pat um, just when you think they're going to be the ones to 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 draw at waterford which you know you'd have to say is a bad result when you're going for a title. Um so it, it, you know a lot will determine too in terms of business over the over the summer um in terms of you know again we we're, we're, we're referencing Dundalk mainly but who do other teams add or who do other teams lose um that 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 will dictate a lot i would say so I suppose maybe by, you know, we're, we're just about to come into July. I'd say maybe by the end of the month, we'll have a much clearer picture, particularly when I suppose the fallout from Europe and and all that is uh, better known.
1: I will t- move on to the main topic of kind of today's pod anyway. So kind of to reference uh Shields-y send off his career, uh, have the kind of few interviews uh, just giving them kind of some credit and stuff like that. But uh, there was only 100 fans in Oriel Park on Friday, but it's uh, kind of fair to say that Shields he got a memorable send-off with his victory and a special exit outside the ground afterwards, which actually was quite cool, actually, I have to say. I haven't seen the video. Uh, before we cut, discuss that even, James caught up with Dundalk FM's John Murphy, Derry City boss Rory Higgins, PA announcer Mickey Duffy, and live at Oriel himself, Jerry Malone, to get their reaction on the departure of Dundalk's legendary number 5. Here's what they have to say.
3: You know, what, that's over nine years. That's fantastic. Like, yeah. you know, very few people can say that. When you're back commentating
2: next week, I'm sure it'll be a weird thing not seeing his name on the team sheet or not mentioning him. It's, you know, when you, when you mention someone for so long, like it's a... If you, I'm sure if you had a pound for every game you
3: commentated that he played and you'd yeah. be a rich man <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it'll be strange James is, uh, is right, but I'll tell you what, it'll be a big, such a big, big loss yeah. to Dundalk, because I don't think we have a player that can take his place, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as I said he always was um, the captain uh, Captain Fantay you called him Braveheart, you know, that's, that was my nickname on him, and like he, 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 he certainly lived up to that reputation, uh, You could you could never fault him, you could Never said that he didn't give us all. Okay, you bad James, given us all as well. But he was the one man that you would always look up to, and I think it's a very sorry day when the likes of Dundalk can afford to let a player go like that, it's because he's a big, big foundation at this club, and now we've lost us. Yeah. Thanks very much, Sean.
2: Appreciate Your that. Question, can you just ask you about Chris Shields a minute? Because you would have played against him, uh, lived with him, played with him, coached him. Um, what, what do you make of his contribution here um, over the guts of a decade?
4: Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think he's tasted everything because he was in the team wasn't he that nearly got relegated and I think the supporters were on him at that point. He, he was, I remember him telling me when I was a player here in 2014, but they see his progression and, and uh, development. I actually I seen it firsthand myself with my own eyes. His development over a period of time is phenomenal. and. and uh, I think he's been a massive part of, of why this club has been so successful over the last number of years and he's a really good lad as well and a funny lad so no, I think the club will miss him but in fairness to Chris, I don't think he owes them dock anything. Um, I think if he wanted his move then he's well within his rights, they'd be closer to his family and uh, and he's got himself a good deal at a good club so um, I, I wish him all the best and I've got the utmost respect for him. Thank you. Thank you.
2: I'm with Jerry Malone, uh, broadcaster for many years with LMFM, now a regular columnist in the Dundalk Democrats, just reflecting on Chris Shield's last game with the club. Jerry, you've sort of seen him right from the beginning, you've interviewed him many times. What's your thoughts on his departure?
5: I think it's a sad, sad day for the club that Chris is uh, departing. Um, I remember you know, more than yourself, James, when he arrived here in 2012 under the, the late Sean McCaffrey. And, he quickly established himself into the team he was in and he was out but my thoughts straight away on his departure tonight it's a sad night for dundalk fc it's a sad night for the supporters it's a sad night for chris but having said that it's genuinely what chris wanted and i think that dundalk to be fair uh, i've done him the proper service by not waiting to hold on to him for another six months if the man wanted to go he's given so much service the least the club could could have done and they've done the right thing to let him go. You'd have seen many
2: of the greats over the years, the Tommy McConvilles, the Martin Lawlers, the Jimmy Hasties, you know, go back, uh, you know, over half a century maybe. Where where does Chris rank in, in those along with those names and I suppose we probably it's only now we can sort of reflect on his contribution now that he's going because it's, it is at an end but where where do you think history will,
5: will rate him in terms of the all-time greats? I think history will rate him right up at the very top there's absolutely no question about it like his ventures in Europe and I mean you were away you saw him against Zenith in Petersburg is the, the effect he had on, on those particular games I was just told outside there by one of the players from the Senate who was late, late, lately been sold for an astronomical fee mentioned that uh or that that, that, that he was uh, shields was absolutely enormous and had a huge influence great effect one of the best players you ever saw i mean and there's so much European experience right across the board and again you've you've been there at the OA games and uh, you've seen him like I've seen him, of course I have, and I, like I I I raise him at the very very top.
2: Yeah. He's going to be, I suppose a player who's just synonymous with this great period that we've had for the best part of a decade Um obviously we hope it kind of continues and a lot up in the air at the moment that's for a different day i suppose but he is going to be sort of remembered with that kenny era
5: yeah he's he's certainly but he's he's synonymous with it with it with the great times and you know they're the times we can we can talk about but we, we can go back to 2012 and we can remember the performances he had in a year when the club was on its knees and was about to go go under, and Paul Brown and uh, uh, Andy uh, came in, and Andy Eigeman came in, and Andy Connolly, sorry, I beg your pardon, came in and, and ploughed their money in and got Stephen Kenny in in 2013. What was the first thing he did? He he, he made sure he kept Chris Shields and and, and, and John Mountney, and uh, you know he. And that twenty twelve season, they played a huge role in keeping Dundalk in the Premier Division. If, if if they had gone into the First Division in that playoff against Waterford, uh, there would never have been a Stephen Kenny era. So, I I I go back. I always go back to the beginnings of a story. And the beginnings of the story, occurred in twenty twelve. The seeds were sown, and then came the Kenny era, and the rest is history. Yeah. I suppose if this was
2: a striker we were talking about to be you remembering different goals tonight. And he did get a few big goals over the years. Probably none more so than the winner down in Turner's Cross in 2018 the more or less won the league. And obviously got the winning penalty against Derry in the A Sports Cup final in 2019. But if you a favourite memory that you think, oh that just summed up Chris Shields?
5: Well do you know something? I've even got, the, the, I, have, I have a memory of him scoring Against Longford just only a couple of months ago when they were two 0 down to the bottom side, and the way Chris fought and led his team that time was a terror and example. The team was going nowhere, and he just took the the, the game by the scruff of the neck, and pared the ball into the net, and that was that was such a huge point to get. And then again, just a couple of weeks ago, he scored again uh, from a corner kick. So it may sound that I'm not. Talking about the glory goals, but to me, you know, a goal like that—that that set piece that was in at the Carrick Road end against Longford, and and nodded into the net—that in itself was massive. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Terry.
2: So I'm joined with Dundalk uh, PA man Mickey Duffy. Uh, Mickey, it's a final night for Chris Shields here tonight. Um, you've been announcing his name now for pretty much every game he's been in Oriel Park over the years,
6: where does he rank for you in terms of the many great players that have played for this club over the years Oh definitely James, top 5 without a shadow of a doubt, he's what, nine and a half years here, his first season under Sean McCaffrey, I thought he was a bit wayward and, and uh, didn't think he was going to hang about, but Stephen Kenny came in and he transformed him into the player that we know and love he's been an absolute stalwart for the club top five and again when you
2: when you mentioned the number five which obviously synonymous with chris he won five league titles here and you you had the pleasure i suppose of announcing the players coming out when they were getting their medals over the years he always seemed to get that bit of an extra roar from the crowd didn't he a real fan's favorite
6: absolutely yeah he's one of those players that he wears his heart on his sleeve i know it's a well-worn cliche but in in chris's case uh I, i like to say, blood, sweat and tears applies to him as well, he he, he give everything, He give, uh, irrespective of what club he probably would have played with in that time, he'd give 100%, but we were lucky to have him for that nine and a half years, and we do wish him well, uh, we know he's coming to the end of, of his prime as it were, we've had the best of him, and we wish him well, uh, what a wonderful player, and, and a fantastic favourite here at Royal Park really the epitome of someone it's a cliche at times but wore the heart on the sleeve didn't he he did he certainly did and uh who will ever forget those amazing performances he's turned in for us and and i'm just thinking about earlier but the supporters who love him so much a lot of the supporters we have now don't remember a team without him yeah because they're, they're quite young and they never remember a team i remember growing up and i don't remember a team say in my youth that uh, Tommy O'Connor was never present when i was growing up and it was hard to imagine a time without Tommy. Yeah. And then, of course, when Tommy moved on, that was another big blow to the club as well, and a blow to supporters. Obviously, Age caught up with him. But Age isn't really catching up with Chris. He, For personal reasons, he, he's moving north, and uh, they're going to get two or three great seasons out of Chris up up in the north of Ireland. There's no question about it. He mentioned himself
2: during the week. I think Alkmaar is a moment that stood out from a Kieran Kilduff's interview, uh, or sorry, not interview, goal at the end. And... Um, he, people forget maybe he he won that free kick we were down to 10 men and he went on this marauding run up the left wing thinking he was Daryl Horgan or something won the free kick which ultimately led to the goal and I suppose in many ways that sort of summed up the the sort of passion of the player to keep going at that stage of a game when you looked like you were heading for a defeat albeit well yeah, you know, I think many people would have been accepted a 1-0 defeat when we were down to 10 men that
6: night wouldn't it? Yeah and I, I was lucky enough to be there as well and uh, half the time, were there. <laughs> they took over Altmar that night, and uh, it was in the dying seconds of the game when he won that free kick. When, uh, like, like you said, there, most other players would have probably just said, "We will accept a one 0 defeat," but not Chris. No, no, he he knew there was something there, and of course, Daryl Horgan stepped up to float in that amazing free kick, and uh, Kieran Kaduff on the end of it, and, and Chris is part of that. And he, he's he part of everything good about the club over the last nine and a half years even this first season under Sean McCaffrey we knew there was a great player in there and he just needed he needed the coaching and and, and direction that Stephen Kenny brought and uh, well and and, and probably the only regret I would have in his nine and a half years here at Oriel Park is that he's never been awarded an international cap he's he so deserved it for his for his play and I remember even Martin O'Neill coming to some of our European games and remarking that was, batter, yeah. Well, well, yeah, he was by far the most outstanding player on the on the pitch, and he should have followed it up with, with actions and given him a called him up to the squad because league of Ireland players are every bit as good as, as players in the second and third division levels in England, and Chris really should have given been given a cap.
2: Well, I suppose by the time this goes out, we might know the answer. But getting special plan tonight from in terms of a song or a special mention, I'm sure during, during the course of the game, if if you
6: well I was thinking of playing Frank Sinatra's my way <laughs> you know now the end is near but I, I think I might be a bit too sombre and morose I have another special lined up it's Kirsty McCall's Thank You For The Days and I think that's thats probably the most apt song I can play for him tonight at the end of the game and I know that the fans are gathering outside the uh, the stadium after the, the full time whistle so hopefully Chris will go out and uh, uh, acknowledge that I'm sure he will of course, he know, he'll know they're out there and it's a pity he can't be in here. We've only got a hundred people in here to see his 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 final game. And I just, I'm thinking tonight it's his last competitive game for New dog as captain. And I noticed last week when we got a penalty, he he grabbed the ball and hooped took it off him. I hope he grabs the ball tonight if we get a penalty and nobody takes it off him. Yeah. I want him to. He's six to one by the way <laughs> to score a goal tonight. I know lots of people are loving money on him, but uh, not not for that reason, for the reason. That, he played. he's played the captain's part, even when he wasn't captain. He always seemed to be the shadow captain, mm-hmm. which I loved about him. And uh, he will be sadly missed here. And I, I will miss not calling his name out. It'll, it'll be weird,
7: yeah.
6: not calling his name out. But we just have to get used to it. And like I said, he is past just new, and we do wish him well. And who sure knows? We could get infield in in some Europe or something. In, yeah, in some <laughs> in some cross border tournament or the whatever that. United Nations Cup might be uh, reignited at some point, and and uh, we we'll see him back here. Of course, there's. I would love to see him get a testimonial. Nine and a half years of brilliant service. I think he deserves a testimonial. Yeah. He did mention something about a statue himself. <laughs> so uh, whichever comes first, the unveiling of the statue or the testimonial, we'll have him back here for 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 a night of celebration. Yeah. There's no question I, about it. I think we're all overdue a
2: party at this stage. When 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 COVID goes, so maybe that's the. The, the nice way to end
1: it all but listen thanks for that mickey really okay appreciate it. right james so what did you i suppose you were at the game but uh i i, I seen the kind of send off anyway kind of uh, shieldy with the the flares and kind of going out and kind of shaking a few hands and stuff like that but uh, I, thought, I thought it was really nice even with the kind of only 100 people there but I, I thought it was for nine and a half years you know i think jesus that was it was just it was nice to see and sad to see all at the same time
2: yeah, look, it was it was a sort of emotional moment for him. I I, I didn't really bother him after the game because I knew they were they were going for um, a couple of drinks and uh, obviously there was supporters outside the ground and you didn't want to hog him for interviews or anything like that for too long. But he he was he did speak to a few people and you know you could see the the tears in his eyes and uh, you know that's what you expect. He he gave a lot to the club, but 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 what the I have to say what the fans did from Outside the Ground. I think it was it was superb and I think it you know it kind of went viral on social media as well, which is great to see because um I suppose I'm not this isn't a dig at what was been going on of late, but there's been uh, most of the activities outside the ground of late have sort of been bad publicity wise. And I don't mean that that in terms of trouble or anything, just that that you know, no one ultimately wants to see sort of Dundalk uh you know portrayed as a basket case but i thought we saw some of the best of the the fans and 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 what their players mean to them um on friday and it, it was brilliant to be as i was outside myself sort of recording a bit of it and
1: i've seen your head um, floating around in the video actually and then you kind of just start walking away kind of silently i was actually watching that <laughs> in, a, in a pub actually so uh which was nice but uh, i was watching that just being like Jim's head floating around you were just running the yeah way. yeah
2: no it was it was brilliant no, but to be fair like I, I I've probably never seen and it was it was amazing because I, I kind of walked out maybe only about two or three minutes before he did and you know it was fairly calm obviously a few chants and then all of a sudden it was just like see red that I think I, I seen it was uh, Dave McMillan uh, tweet i saying he was like Kane and WWE uh-huh. or something <laughs> coming out because all of a sudden the character was just like a Red. It was. It was. uh, It was brilliant. But I think he was genuinely touched by us. And I suppose, um, you know, before he got into, I think it was Andy Boyle drove him off. Um, Before he got into the car, one of the last things he said was, he, you know, he wished uh, everyone well for the season, and and said, "I'm not gone forever." So maybe there's that glimmer of hope that we'll we'll see him back in Oriel someday in in some capacity. Um, But certainly, I don't think he'd be forgotten in a hurry.
1: Absolutely not. Well, Chris's parents, Sonia and Bill, as well as his wife, Shauna, were lucky enough to be in attendance in Oriel on Friday for Chris's final game. But on Monday, James caught up with his brother, Stephen, who told him how proud the family were of all he had achieved at Dundalk FC. So yeah. I'm delighted to be joined
2: by uh Stephen Shields, who's a brother of Chris Shields. Um, just to sort of talk about his time, I suppose growing up and and uh you know the family reaction to Chris's time at Dundalk. Um Stephen, I presume you weren't there the other night, but I'm, I'm like I'm sure like everyone else you've been looking at the reaction on social media, and it must be great for both you and the rest of the family to to see how much your your brother was appreciated at the club.
8: Yeah. Um no, actually I wasn't there and the I actually had a prior uh Commitment, but I he did ask me to come up and I was kind of slightly regretting that I didn't. But uh, I got a plethora of um, social media uh, stuff sent to me just from friends and other members of the family, and it it, it was such a, a lovely thing for any club in the League of Ireland too for anyone. And I know Chris, and like I said, I I I I tweeted out like he will really appreciate it. He really does. Um, he he loves playing for Dundalk. He loves the town of Dundalk my family goes to town with to, My my mother and father would go regularly, I'd go sometimes with my mother to watch a few games, or if he's here in Dublin playing against Pats or, or Rovers or, or Bows, we'd go to the matches, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been a strange time, like obviously during COVID and stuff like that, but I know seeing what I saw on social media on Friday, like for any footballer in the world ever to get reaction like that, even in strange times, it, it's amazing. Yeah, I was actually
2: I was up in Belfast myself when I suppose news broke that he was uh, I suppose officially gone. It probably wasn't a great surprise to people, but when it officially gone, and it just kind of exploded and he was trending, you know, across Ireland on Twitter and stuff. It's it must be surreal for you to see someone who I'm sure you would have kicked ball with each other in the backyard and stuff yeah. to, to see what he's achieved. You you must be both proud and, and amazed as well at, at all he's done.
8: Yeah, look, and we're proud as point, like proud as punch of him. Like, he, like uh, in fairness, I always say like my best friends, uh, Jay, who we we all played football together. So that like Chris didn't really start playing football until he was like nearly in his like you know in his later kind of kid stage. He wasn't like a toddler kicking a ball around. He had no real interest. Um, like I wasn't a particularly decent footballer myself and like I played a bit in my 20s and was okay I do say I'm a better footballer than him but unfortunately he has more trophies and medals to prove that fact wrong uh but yeah you know it's it's so strange to see him playing as a kid I used to go over and watch him in the community center here in Clendalk and play for I think it was Clendalk and time before he became St Francis and there's this kid who's like just scoring worldies from the halfway line and his coach is here going wow and then to see him go up then to progress to play, you know, with Bray Wanderers. And he had some, you know, lovely experiences there. But then I think Doc, he really started to thrive. And he had his ups and downs too. And he, he'd admit to that as well. Like, I remember meeting him once after a particular bad game when he first signed with Doc. But the thing about Chris is he, he has passion. He doesn't like to lose. That's a massive thing for him. Uh but yeah, it, I am you know proud to say like you know it's it's not very not many people can say they watched their brother play in Aviva in the FAA Cup and win and lose and you know win trophies. It's 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 amazing to see and he kind of pretty deserves it because he works hard for it.
2: Yeah. And like like you're a screenwriter yourself. I mean, when you look at this as a story, it it's probably almost unbelievable. It's Disney esque. I described it as a times when you look at, like, Dundalk as a whole, but then even his role in it. I'm sure if there was ever a film made of it or something, it'd be he'd be a very central character. Because one thing that always stood out with me, I remember, I think it was um, something like the 28th of September, 2012, where. The dog went to Tala in that first year, and I think they were beaten 7 0 in Tala Stadium that night. And it was a real low point of that season. And four years later, they were back in that stadium beating Maccabi Tel Aviv on the same date yeah. in, in, a, in a Europa League game, creating history. And it just kind of, you know, it's been a sort of whirlwind almost. I, like, I know maybe okay if recent results weren't brilliant uh, this season, but on the whole,
8: it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal story, hasn't it? Yeah, like, you know, it is, it, it'd be a great sport stories and you look like, like Leicester in England and stuff like that. But to see, I remember I'm like, like, you know, when, you, when you're going to Clayton Dock in 2012 and, you know, you're fighting for you're against relegation. And then all of a sudden in a couple of years, you're lifting trophies in the same place. You're fighting for relegation. Like, it's an amazing story. And it's a testament to the people who work in the club as well. Like, you know, Stephen Kenny and Darius and all them guys and Vinnie Perth. Like, it it really is kind of weird you kind of saw the town as well come alive and you kind of see it as well around here in 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 Dublin like but you know hats have had their highs and lows as well and rovers but Dundalk was just something it's just something amazing like to see you know this team kind of just transform and grow and yeah it's kind of I suppose it paid off watching films when we were kids like the Sandlot kids and and there's only one Jimmy Grimble and and all that you know it is kind of like a Hollywood-esque kind of story it's it's great to see
2: yeah and you mentioned the growth there um I suppose this next step from is part of that growth because I suppose even uh, over the last few days a lot of pictures of him you know when he was a, a young kid joining up until now or he's uh, yeah. there like us like all lost it lost a, few, a bit of hair over the years and oh, stuff yeah. like that but it's the it's the it's the I suppose the right thing for him and his family to to do this because I suppose it gives him more time with them and it you know it it, it sort of more longevity to his career potentially in terms of uh, just security and stuff like that so
8: he, he's probably showed a bit of maturity in making that decision because i can't imagine it was easy no it, and to be honest which we did have a phone call one of the days um uh when he was kind of toying with the idea of leaving them dock and my voice is you have to do what's best for you at the end of the day it's like when you're in a job and you're like, you know, like oh look i really love my job but my family comes first and i think he did you know he did think of it in a kind of a logical kind of you know uh, family man self but he i know for a fact that it wasn't an easy decision for him to make he as i said he loved Dundalk. he loved playing football up there there's a great bunch of friends he's made up there um and he it's not easy to you know, it's like anything like anything you spend nine years nearly 10 years at a club where you've done amazing things and then you go well look I have to do what's best for me have, you know two young kids my wife and uh, you know football is a funny thing because you don't know when when opportunities will come or when they won't and you see players where their careers just stop dead and they don't get to play but you know, Chris just wants to play as long as he can, but he also wants to enjoy his kids growing up as well. So it, it's kind of a, more of a logical move for him. But again, a heartbreaking one.
2: Yeah, look, at the same time, we all hope he does well at Linfield, but I'm sure, like, the whole family, I know you're you're obviously Clondalkin-based, but <laughs> it's uh you've probably taken the dog to heart now, and I'm sure in years to come, even when he does eventually hang up the boots, he will be, well, both you and him and, and other members of the family to probably... Be keeping an eye out for Dundalk results, be going to the odd game here and there, that sort of thing, no doubt.
8: Yeah, no, we, I was just talking to my mother about it yesterday. Actually, I still have a, a, my foot mob app by like, Dundalk. If I don't see the games, like it will come up uh, with the kind of scores, and I'll, I'll be keeping that there. And my mom and dad were saying, look, even if they can't go up to Dundalk for some games, they're playing down here. We're very lucky for Dundalk, and it's kind of in the middle of Inchi and Halle and we're not too far from uh, you know Fisbury and all for both, so there will be some matches. And I, I, I sometimes do love going on a Friday night and you know watching the lads play. And we'll we'll keep on uh, keep on top of them. But it's funny we were saying yesterday that there's a part of us in our hearts, a part that know that at some point maybe in the future, in the future, in a different role, that Chris will probably go back to the dock in a different kind of role, hopefully. And I think he'll kind of be welcome back there because you know people love him so much there. And it, well, obviously you dash on Friday night. And, you know there's on social media where people are like please don't go and stuff like that but um yeah we'll definitely I, I think my mom and dad will miss their trips up to the is it the jockey is that the name of the pub jockeys yeah yes they they love going up there and doing stuff and my dad likes meeting people up there and my mom knows a lot of people and she was getting an outpouring of text messages as well from people. So yeah we we'll keep we'll keep watching them dock and uh you know I think, yeah, I think for Chris in a way as well, that's it's kind of a a home away from home, too. So I'm sure he'll be watching the results too and be down for a few games when he gets the chance. Yeah. And he did did say he's starting his
2: badges now. So, like a managerial future, be it it at Dundalk or anywhere else, is a possibility for him. And is
8: that something you think he'd try? Oh, 100%. I, um, I think he tried in that and I think he tried in funditry as well. And Chris is Chris loves football. Like he's always with Like, but he's the only Portsmouth yeah. supporter I've ever known in my life. So he, he has a real eclectic taste in football. But I think he'd be really good. He's very I know there's reports of him that sometimes he can be quite uh, passionate is another another word for angry sometimes. But I think he has that kind of head for football. He loves football, he loves airing about football, just football on TV, he's watching everything. So yeah, I think he'd make a really good coach. I actually really do. Think. Make a really good coach. I think he and he's worked with some of the best the country have to offer. So you you, you kind of learn from the people who you, you you learn from. So Stephen Kenny and all that isn't isn't a bad kind of precedent to kind of set your sights on either. So we'll see. Have you a favourite
2: moment from over the years yourself of watching and and I know there's probably at times i don't know if you were particularly there but there is times that the families came together as well for be it celebrations or whatever big post match events or anything is there something that stands out in your
8: head and you know that even 10 years from now you'll still look back on them with fondness yeah i think it was the first year Dundalk won the league uh we 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 traveled up as a me and my, uh, i think my wife was with me at the time uh my oh actually yes that's what it was it was uh we uh, chris's wife my wife um, my mom and my dad, we all went up. But my dad was banned from Oriel, not by anyone in Oriel, but by my mother, who believes he is <laughs> literally his curse of bad luck. So I went and watched the match in the pub down the road with my dad, and we were sitting at the bar and we were chatting to everyone. And and then when they won, and there's that, I think there's a, I think we have a photo somewhere. I think it's, uh, I think Pat and uh, Chris and who else on the sideline, and they're just waiting for the final whistle. And that was a great night. I, I, you know, I saw what actually what. It, what the players meant to the town that day like it was just it was like it was like Christmas it was like everyone was out and they were having fun and yeah th- that'll stick with me as well I have some strange memories from his time I like I stood with him in the Aviva I think it was 2019 when he was banned from the final where they lost Rovers, and you know that always to go for me because even he wasn't playing he was like so into the game and like willing everyone on and was so heartbroken when they didn't win that's my brother like he just he, if he if he's passionate about something he'll just love it till the end so yeah yeah
2: and you just mentioned her there and I think it's it's fitting to give her a mention Sean and his wife that I remember a couple of years ago it was actually before that 2019 final I did a piece with a few of the I know it's not a probably a term they like but the wags the wives and the girlfriends and, <laughs> yeah. and they did I did speak to her but a lot of the other uh partner shall we say you know they were full of praise for her in particular because I suppose because he was there that long she had a great yeah. habit of bringing the women together and you know they had their own whatsapp group etc and yes. and uh, she'll be I suppose a big big loss to that as well and in, in all she did for the other because you know they do they do sacrifice a lot to allow yeah. their you know the men performing etc
8: yeah she's great now is great like and she's you know she It like you said it's not easy being like you know a wife or a partner of a footballer because they're on a different planet when they're playing football uh you know and it's not like a nine to five job for most people you know they're training then their matches away and they could be away and not get home to like two o'clock in the morning And like you know when he's playing Europa League football as well he's gone to countries all over Europe and you know their family was grown at the time and stuff like that and well, she's brilliant like she's been very supportive of him she's she's very uh you know she's very she's kind of like Chris she's very passionate about I suppose wherever Chris plays but she is she's brilliant and she's you know she's got uh the two kids now and Chris and stuff like that so i suppose she's kind of happy a little bit that he probably won't have to travel uh, as much down the road but kind of bittersweet as well as like she'd be cuz she'd be kind of you know probably won't see them people as much as she, she used to and stuff like that so that can be pretty hard as well but hopefully now they keep in contact and that uh, WhatsApp group stays alive yeah yeah,
2: and just I suppose finally his um, debut for Linfield I think well they're, they're away in Lithuania I think next week but mm. uh, 14th of July
8: Windsor Park second leg yeah, do you hope to get there yeah, do you know what, we uh, we actually, because obviously COVID has kind of put, the rest- and then restrictions changed and all so that, we we actually haven't been up even, I haven't even been up to see his new baby yet, which I'm, I'm dying to get up, and uh, if I can get up for a match, I know of a few, the, the, thing, the great thing about Kondokan, and I can't uh, pray, praise where we live, is like people in Kondokan love Chris as well, and I've even spoken to a few people over the weekend that was out watching a, a GAA game for Round Towers here, and people were like, uh, we're going to go to Belfast and make a day of it and go see him so yeah I, I hopefully I would love to get up and uh, hopefully that won't be hindered in any way shape or form yeah well I think he's he'll
2: end up doing more for North-South relations since anyone anyway, since John Hume <laughs> or something I'd say oh maybe <laughs> yeah but uh, listen no, I really appreciate that uh, Stephen thanks very much for your time and uh, uh, best of luck
8: no well thanks very much man
1: so before we hear from the man himself, we actually had a few kind of tributes from supporters on Twitter earlier. So um we wanted to kinda of see people's, I don't know, funny moments, uh inspiring moments or or whatever they were with Shields. Kind of nine and a half years is a long time. So here's a few of them anyway. So uh Alan Matthews, too many brilliant displays to name, but I remember one tackle he did in particular versus Sligo at Oriel. Katara, who was the best in the league, was running down the wing and heading for goal when Chris closed a 20 yard gap and slid in and won the ball in front of the dugout. Unreal. Do you remember this?
2: Yeah, I think I think I do actually. And to be fair, I probably wouldn't have only for a scene that um come in from, from Alan today. But yeah, he
1: and and that's um that's what he team. did, though. That, yeah, that that's what I would uh, put him towards. Like that's kind of the the cante ish. Like he he wasn't demand for the forty yard passes or making these dashing runs. I I what I would classify him as was the the cante role, the kind of just breaking up play, give a five yard yeah. to the guy who can play better, yeah. and he did that excellently.
2: Yeah, and I think I said it to Jerry Malone when I was chatting to him in in the, in the audio earlier. Like that, you know, if this was a striker leaving or someone like. Uh, you know a, a flashy winger or whatever you, you'd you be remembering the big goals or the, the big you know and, he, and listen to be fair he did get a few big goals but he was it was those sort of things that you know vitally important to matches probably don't ever get the full plaudits that they deserve but
1: um you know
2: you probably don't win matches without them either
1: absolutely no um, Johnny Forn Alkmaar away absolutely immense Simon Canning uh, so many great tackles and calming passes yeah fair point on calming passes actually yeah just to slow down the game but the goal down in Cork when we won 1-0 was a piece of special magic yeah I'll give, I'll give you that give you that um Mark McGuinness, I remember Martin O'Neill coming into the changing room after Batte and taking the piss out of Chris for not being able to pass the ball. After that, he easily matched it against all opposition sides in Europe. That is true. He did say that to him, didn't he?
2: Yeah, and 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 uh, it was, uh, I suppose it was a touching moment maybe because it, he was, you know, tongue-in-cheek in one sense, but I think it was uh, praising Chris for his performance that night because look i think nearly everyone was a hero that night but he he did really rise to the occasion as well and i think even um i remember speaking to axel witzel um who you know ironically we see now doing (laughs) doing his thing in the euros and stuff but like witzel actually name checked him as someone that like uh he really admired and stuff so i mean that that was the sort of level and I, I know there were people who at various times were saying you know Ireland could do worse than take a look at him and probably unfortunately that never came for Chris um you know but uh you know I don't think he can have many regrets from his career to be fair
1: absolutely not uh last one Jay McKeown that goal down in Cork it was an imperious performance from him that day um yeah, that's two mentions for the Gornal corporate. I, I do remember that actually. It was it was kind of a, a, a big moment anyway. But anyway, that's and he that's owes kinda... me
2: as well. He owes me because one of his favorite things was he done a He done a pass in a President's Cup final, um, kind of outside of the foot out to the uh, to out wide. And I think I forget who put the cross in then, but it was crossed in. I think it was Pat Hoobin scored. But uh, it, it kind of. Was one of his favorite memories, but I actually was just recording it on my phone that day. Uh which was probably the, the only reason it existed. But um yeah uh he did to be fair he did um probably earn his career got criticized for his passing but um he did actually have a decent range on his day you know and uh, I think it was probably something that wasn't appreciated as much at times not 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 so much by the dog supporters but by but by people judging him as well.
1: Well, it's fair to say that Crystal live long in the hearts of supporters for many years to come. But on Monday, James caught up with him to discuss his best memories from a trophy-laden period at the club, why he decided to to depart despite having six months left on his deal and his hopes for his future at Windsor Park.
2: Look, just the reaction to Friday, I suppose, um, you probably got a little bit of it um, last week on social media, but then outside the ground, I'm sure that's something you probably couldn't have envisaged.
7: Yeah, no, it was, it was brilliant. Like, I wasn't expecting that at all. It just goes to show, like, I'd well believe it. Now people were saying online, like, you would have got a few thousand in the stage. I mean, like, i I'd kind of well believe it. Now seeing the people's kind of reaction and demonstration they put on from the outside the ground out there, it was a very, very nice touch to go away on.
2: Yeah. Um, it just uh, makes you probably think, when <laughs> you had I got that testimonial, what, what could it have been like?
7: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows, I might be invited back, you never know, but uh, it, was a, it was a very nice send-off, even a few of the lads in China for Limfield today, seen it, it was very impressive, so it's, it's been everywhere really. Yeah, yeah.
2: You're, you're obviously, you mentioned it there, you're, you're straight in, um, what was it like being the new kid uh, after so long of being <coughs> the old stalwart in the dressing room?
7: Uh, very, very different, I haven't been, I've been a new kid in the changing room. Probably since I was a young flat so because even when I came in I thought everyone was new. Yeah, and then I was just I was there for the remainder of the years, so it's, it's a long time since I was a new kid on the lock. Kind of don't really know anyone there, but now lads, seeing today in China, lads are great, and you know, the amongst and stuff, and it's kind of a an exciting time to come in with Europe around the corner. So it's no great.
2: Yeah, and obviously, yeah, that we 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 did mention it there, like you know, Lithuania for your debut, and then obviously second leg wins a park. You, you know, it's it's not a a meaningless game. You're going you're going straight in at the deep end. Oh no, it's, just, it's a great debut to have
7: two important games. Obviously, it's having uh, your day, I've never played in Lithuania, so number one for the scratch master mark off in Europe, and then. The pitch is actually being relayed them into at the minute for the Super Cup in August, so that'll be a brand new pitch to play on in the second leg, which will make for a great tie all round. Especially with the the away goals rule gone now, it will be totally different. Maybe different yeah. approaches to games.
2: Yeah, and and you did get to play in it uh, there a couple of years ago in the United Union Cup. But uh, you know, for me anyway, it's probably better than Aviv. I know it's not as big or whatever, but it's uh, it's a great ground, isn't it?
7: Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant ground. I remember that everyone in the squad that night was complimenting it and saying how good it would be to play there. We, like, every second week, play our home games there. And, and you know, that's the story for me now, but it's a great game. Like, the great... Uh, I can not now, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, just on your departure, I suppose, that, you know, there's so many... I'm sure you, you read some of them you have rumours in relation to it and that sort of thing. But... It was just something you wanted to do for, for you and the family rather than a, a case of, well, the dog aren't doing well, I'll I'll jump ship now. Is that fair to say?
7: Yeah, it's 100%. I read, like, I couldn't, I was on social media all week reading brilliant things and people are so kind and I'm still to this day, like, flabbergasted at the kind gestures and words people had to say, so it was brilliant, but some of the stuff I read then was just total rubbish. This was, it was 100% my decision. I said like like I said to a few a uh, few reporters, this is me I went to gym and Bill and spoke to them from a father and a person's point of view rather than an employee and a player. I yeah. so just having two kids and doing so much travelling was taking its toll on me and I just felt it was time to be closer to home and it's not as if I've stayed for a year and not done well and then I said this isn't for me I've I've done nine and a half years of Decent work I would say And I think they that's why they respected us so much And I think I kind of left it Although it wasn't it wasn't something new that People would have wanted to see But I, I think I kind of left in the best way I'm not going to a rival team in the league For money reasons or anything like that it's, I've, I've come closer to home To be closer to my family
2: So like, this is something you'd have wanted to do Even if you were six, six eight points clear Top of the league at the moment This would be still the right move for you
7: yeah, this this was kind of always on the horizon, and it just came about a uh, suit with both parties that we could get it done this transfer window, and that's where the 6-0 the were brilliant with me, I can't you know, commend them enough for that, because I thought I might have some, they might just come out and flat out and say no, and they, they were very, very understanding from where I was coming from, and that's where the, the silly stuff I've seen about me agent online like you and I know who my agent. Everyone knows who my agent is. It's Liam. Like me and Liam are friends before we were agents. I went with Liam as an agent because he was the friend first. And I it was me that brought this move to Liam. And seeing some people's opinion of Liam to say he's some sort of mean oriole character holding clubs for ransom is just absolute nonsense. I don't think a lot of people know what agents actually do. They they broker deals that players are interested in. They don't tell you. This is on the table, and this is what's happening.
2: Yeah.
7: And then to see some of the abuse that he's getting, it's, it's affecting. Like I don't know if it's affecting his home life, but it annoyed me enough that them to his wife getting messages on social media, and it's just it's, it's not nice, and it's not what I'd expect of Dundalk fans. Because he's a he's a local man. At the end of the day, he has kids and being harassed on social media and stuff. Just isn't very Dundalk like from the people I've got to know around the town
2: yeah yeah well look hopefully um in relation to you and uh, like it was i think it was mainly positive so that's
7: yeah no no it was brilliant towards me yeah. but that's what i'm saying this was a hundred percent my decision it was yeah. david david healy's from the same town as me like i took a meeting with him I, i'd know him ish from around the town so just being true, true football and football people and just this opportunity rose I, I really couldn't turn down and just um, I'm happy to be close to home after a lot of travelling. You know, a lot of people don't see the the me getting up at half four, or five AM to travel to Dublin Airport for European ties or the fifteen, sixteen hour days I put up like in a way to Sligo, having to stay over in the dock, maybe getting home at half twelve, one o'clock the next day. Like I would I mean, be away for a long, long time in a way matches. I know there's other people in the league that are in the same boat but yeah. I think I've done it long enough. Yeah, yeah,
2: and you you did have a, a second a wee we boy, Dara, is it? Recently, I suppose that yeah. that's a game changer in life, isn't
7: it? It is. I've two under three. I've Evie, that's two and a half, and I've eleven weeks old. It's just it's, and we have uh, not that we've no support. We've it's just uh, myself, my wife, our mother and father, and then that's it. All all my family are in Dublin, our siblings are spread around yeah. Scotland, Australia, and Dublin themselves. Now, my own mother would come up at a drop of a hat, because a lot of people know her in the Dundalk, yeah. Dundalk, what she do at for the family, but not feasible. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's trying to be closer to home. Yeah. No, it's I- hard. So i missed my daughter's first steps being in the training campaign last year. Now, I know this could, that could have happened. I could be training for Linfield and miss Dara's first steps. I know it's not, but yeah. just goes to show you do. You miss little milestones, although you beyond be out of your control anyway, but... Just it's kind of it was a, That weighed heavily And on my decision To come play for in Obviously it's a great club As well
2: Yeah you, You've probably I I know Maybe every year You look back And reflect on a year But you probably Not look back On your career As much as in the last Sort of week or so And it's probably Something you probably Didn't envisage doing Maybe till you retired Or something But you must be thrilled When you Like you probably don't Think about it In the moment But when you look back At what you've achieved At the club You must be very proud.
7: Yeah, no, I absolutely loved my time at the Dock. Every, every minute of it, really. Even the, the tough first year, I still enjoyed it because it helped me mature as a man. I moved out of my home, moved out of my man's house to live in the Dock. And that helped me mature. And then, from then on, living in the Dock for a few years with great lads, great friends, great players. like It's been a major, major part of my adult life and helped mold me to be mad moulded me into the man I am today and you know I can't speak highly about the club enough it was it was just it was just so so I have no really bad memories as yeah. funny as it is to say like a, and if I do there's more good ones than there is anywhere near bad ones
2: yeah it was obviously Sean McCaffrey assigned you do you remember how that came about at the time
0: or? Yeah. Um. yeah
7: it was I was just finished up at Bray in 2011 and Bray had, had a good year, we finished 6th or something and I'd, I'd had a good year myself and I was in discussions with Bray this day and maybe in discussions with Bowes and Aaron Callum was the manager but neither of them really appealed to me but then Sean rang me saying he was getting the job, I knew him from the underage set up a small bit but he said he was going to Dundalk, and he wanted to take, take me with him and be a centre of, all of the of the team and just absolutely screamed out to me to go and do it because it was obviously a new decide of the club and it was just uh, it was a good offer for me at the time and I was more than happy to go. Yeah,
2: yeah, and uh, I suppose that initial year while it was no doubt difficult, it probably in many ways you probably have nearly as fond of memories of that year. I know it's difficult at times when in hindsight when you look at staying up and keeping the club alive and the part you would have played in save our club and stuff. You know, it kind of made, probably made you appreciate what then became after that, even that little bit more. Yeah, it, it
7: does. Yeah, and uh, you know, it gives me the chances I literally have it all with the club. All bar wins in the first division. <laughs> I've done everything I can possibly do with a club and league Ireland champs. And I don't really think people <laughs> kind of consider the position maybe I was put in, twenty one years of age captain of Dundalk and kind of not really known, not really held a responsibility like that before and all this weight on my shoulders when you look compared to young players nowadays from 18 to 23, 24, they're kind of protected whereas I was in the firing line for that and that went wrong but look, even when you talk about 2012, I always remember how good a night it was down at Waterford so yeah. you have to kind of take the good with the bad.
2: Yeah. and and that's probably one you didn't get a, a medal for or a trophy for but it was probably the biggest one in re, in reality
7: yeah it was huge you could look to, to people say football's game of fine margins what could have happened that we lost that because yeah. we were more, we were probably expected to lose that, that uh, going away to waterford and drop that and draw the first game water waterford, waterford were playing well and to come out on top that night just it kind of changed was a catalyst for change within the club. Stephen took the job. Had we got relegated, he wouldn't have took the job. Yeah. So it's kind of stemmed it all from that night.
2: When you when you reflect on the journey, one that always I remember, I think it was um, we lost 7-0 to Rovers in 2012 in Tala. And I think it was four years to the day you were back in Tala and beating Maccabi Tel Aviv in the Europa League. Like, you know, if you... I mean, I'm sure if someone had said that to you in 2012, you'd have been asked what they're smoking or something.
7: Exactly. It's just goes to show how quick things can turn the football. As I was discussing with someone else. I said even for one of the best years of your career in 2015, and we're just such a powerful force. Even that year, if you had said, you know, group stage, European group stage is on, isn't too far away on the horizon, you probably, would have still, you probably wouldn't have believed it.
8: Yeah,
2: yeah. And I know you referenced... Uh, some Of your highlights in other interviews, but um, things like Alkmaar, they, I mean, they'll always live in the memory, won't they? For just the sheer <laughs> how nuts it went at the end,
7: yeah. It was just uh, everything about Alkmaar, is still giving me goosebumps this time, just you know, not expected to do a thing in the group, never mind being down to 10 men away from home, and just everything about it was perfect. Uh, it was funny, even funny enough for me to be on the left wing to win the free, And then perfect ball in from Daryl. And then perfect header from, from Kilduff straight into the away end. And just just bodies everywhere and people, people are now and over there as well. And it was just brilliant. And then I suppose it's hard because 2016 is a joy in itself.
2: Yeah, And, and again, it's um, obviously not something you'll be doing anytime soon, hopefully, but... I'm sure you'd love to experience that from the other side. Um, to you know, when when you do eventually retire, I'm sure you'd love to do a European trip and you know be able to be in amongst the fans. Shall we say? Would you? I,
7: oh, yeah, I'd love to go. I mean, the best part of retirement would be, you know, deciding look we're going on a weekend to this match or that match and European, and just be perfect And I'd love to do it for far and go and enjoy that side of it in August. Oh, uh, everywhere we've travelled, we've travelled well enough, and people have always seemed to really enjoy the trips. So it would be good to be part of that as well.
2: Yeah, and and brings me on to my next question. I suppose you're you're obviously from Clondalkin, but I presume you're a Dundalk fan for life now.
7: Oh yeah, there'll be no one else to be looking at in League Ireland terms now for the rest of your life. He's got the patch matches as a as a kid, and you'd keep an eye on them but when you're at this club for so long and it becomes such a big part of your life there's, there's, there's nowhere else to look but than Yeah.
2: Obviously people, they, they remember 2016, they remember maybe 18, you know, other years but was there a year you said, yeah, that for me was the best I played?
7: Um, the best I played, probably, well, it probably would have to be, well, how do you say about every sound in coffee but twenty eighteen and nineteen were probably my best two years on a level par because eighteen I felt we were probably the best side since sixteen. Everything just seemed to click and yeah. I've won a few individual awards which was probably the only the only time in my career that I did so. But then in nineteen, just being part of a team that I probably does not get spoke about enough, I would say if it a Dublin based team were to do what we did in 2019, it would be talked about a lot more. You know, to be 13 points behind in late April and be told that the league is over, to go and win it by 15 points, a 28 point turnaround, and to win it against your closest rival on, the, on a night where, you know, you could win the league. I think, at that being Pats Bowes or Rovers, maybe even a Cork to an extent, I think you'd probably be talking about more, but like, I can never understand that we didn't kind of get more adulation to what we done that year. Yeah.
2: And yeah, like when you think about it, like I know you were, I think, it was it 18? Your Yourself, Pass, and Mickey were up for the PFA, PFAI Yeah, player of the year. Mickey, but, Mickey won the PFEI, and
7: then I ended up winning the, the, the FAI one.
2: Yeah, which is, which is incredible because normally someone like yourself, I know you got three big goals that year, actually, but it's norm- <laughs> it normally goes to the flair player or the top goal scorer or something. So for someone like you to win it, You know, probably shows how good you were then because I think you have to be sort of extra special to compete with. Like you look at Pat, Pat won nothing that year and I think he got what, 32 goals or something. He
7: broke broke the record that year and unfortunately by him he had no individual trophy to show for at the end of the year which is, I'm sure it might have been a tough one to take for Pat given his two mates beside him are getting a trophy each but I don't think he would have minded too much given the medal count at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, yeah. You, you, you said something that kind of stuck with me at the start of the year, Um, I think before the President's Cup, about you've no friends in football. Well, one friend in football, <laughs> I think Dave Webster. But are you, are you reassessing that now?
7: Ah, that was always tongue-in-cheek. Because Webby, Webby's always me. He'd be my best friend in football about friends for years. But I just I think, lads I don't like them to keep them every you know, personal <laughs> spaces <in them> <laughs> yeah. and dark. But now like I haven't played for so many years and you made some very good I've made some very good friends for life I like to pat fat Mickey even Dicky coming in in the short window. Like really everyone in the dressing room is I've never had a bad dressing room. It makes it amazing to say over the past nine and a, nine and a half, ten years even when going through the best of time there's always a brilliant dressing room to be involved in because of the characters and the lads in there. There's even like even look at my wife with my lifelong friends and, and Mickey and part of the girlfriend they have their own WhatsApp group and all which is probably you don't know, maybe see that in other clubs so it was, it was so as much as it was special to me it was special for my family as well good new mother and father great great friends along the way
2: yeah I think I, I just to give Shauna a mention because I did I did speak to her and I spoke to a few of the other I suppose partners around I think it was before the 2019 Cup Final and Sadly, I think the Sean interview got very much overshadowed by you being obviously sp- suspended. But I remember what stuck with me at that time was, like, seeing her from the other side and what they have to sacrifice and her going to maybe weddings on her own and different things like that. But she was brilliant as well from the, like, the this is other women speaking about welcoming. So say a player signs for the dog, she'd also welcome in the, the girlfriend or the wife to the group and make them feel sort of part of something as well. So... In many ways it's a loss for her as well, isn't it?
7: Yeah, it is. You miss it so much. Like we were only talking about it. You know, we kind of this over the past few days and we were saying how much she used to love when we were before we were married and had the house together when she used to come down on the weekends from so say two thousand twelve to two thousand sixteen, She loved coming down and spending the weekend at the dock or we got out or went for dinner and stuff and you know, it was a big part of us in the beginning of our relationship as well. It was the middle ground between the two cities, like so, she loved it as much as I did, and like you said, the the girls' WhatsApp group who often knew stuff before the lads' WhatsApp group and the team knew, and the girls were always very welcoming for new girlfriends into the club, especially if if they're so maybe from overseas or from the UK or whatever. Even that was good for girls who were moving to a new a new a new town, and that so they were always brilliant, and it was a real kind of. Family is community
2: within the club. Yeah, and, and in, in recent years, I suppose, to, to do the full circle and get to be captain again, because obviously you started off as captain and then there was obviously Stevie O and Brian Gartle, and I Gandhi had it for a while, Mark Rossiter, etc. But to come back and to win stuff and lift stuff like the likes of the cup even last year. They, that must be extra special. I, I know it's only an armband at the end of the day, but to be the, like you're going to be the main man in the pictures when people are looking back on them in years to come and stuff like that. It must be brilliant for you. Yeah,
7: especially the you know the cup, the lifting the cup last year is probably the proudest moment for the back. clear like it's, it's hard to it's hard to even put a proudest moment given all that's happened. The European two league in Europe and stuff, which are brilliant, but because of what personally happened the year before, missing out in the cup final, clean, missing the part to do the clean sweep, so to be captain and lift the trophy where we were eventually underdogs was very special given the turmoil that happened through the year, losing Minnie and then obviously losing Harry, and you know, which affected the club more than people probably think, and it was like a perfect kind of way to rectify what had happened the year before, and all that was missing was just people's families and fans of the game, but... It was just it was just a great, great kind of rectification of the turmoil kind of went through
2: year before. Yeah, I I don't want to dwell too long on, on the sort of last year or anything, but it's mad to think. I remember being up in Bali Buffet in the last game. Um, I think the dog won four 0 that night, and I remember you going over to the fans at the end, and you, we were all kind of nearly joking about face masks and stuff like that. I think there's a picture of you with the the hand over your yeah. mouth sort of thing. But it, it, it was surreal really what happened after that in terms of a league being shut down and coming back and I'm sure it's not anywhere near the same in terms of playing and then when you factor in, obviously because we're coming up to nearly the year of it now, but Harry's passing as well, yeah. you know, it must must have made it a very difficult time and took a lot of the shine off things.
7: Yeah, it was it was very hard. It just uh, Obviously everyone had it, not an awful year since it started and... Hopefully we've control over a bit of control and a bit of normality back now, but given what happened, we didn't know whether football was going to come back, But it was going to be scraps, whether clubs could afford to continue to fight players. Like it was a big kind of gray area for a number of weeks, and obviously Harry, Harry's passing in the middle of it all made it even harder. You now gigantic figure for us in the club. Then to try and get over that and things weren't going right in the pitch to an extent but to finish off with a group stage campaign which was uh, was brilliant we all loved the European campaign but you know it's, it's hard without fans and we all know how well people would have travelled to London to see us against Arsenal and how how big the crowd probably would have been in the UV before the Arsenal game at home and it was just kind of hard without your family there for the FA Cup final but it was difficult but everyone had a difficult year, I suppose.
2: So, yeah, yeah. I suppose you're you're bowing out at a sort of time when both life in terms of COVID seems things seem to be getting better. And look, I know it's only a couple of matches, but things seem to be getting better on the pitch as well. Do, Do you do you think this year can still be a good one for for the lads?
7: Yeah, definitely do, sir. I know the dressing room so well and I know Vinny so well I think he's come at, he, like his first week has gone quite well obviously would have liked to, probably should have won all three games but we were creating plans against Longford and maybe other weeks we wouldn't have came back against Longford or maybe other weeks we would have conceded late to Derry but I think it kind of shows that he has come in that he did shit and you now Vinny he won't be happy to just stop there he'll give people certain goals and the team certain goals to just keep climbing the table and that's kind of all the lads can do for now and have full faith in them because there's some great players in the squad still and probably now more than ever they need support in the town and, and the fans and, and to put things to the side and try and support the players on the pitch because like, I see day in and day out how hard people are working and sometimes you can just go through a rut football and it's just how it was for the first half of the year and nobody was more angry than players, you know, you had more talks in that dressing room than me. Than we had putting on our kit probably, you know, was a difficult time for us too.
2: Yeah, we we attempted to hit that penalty on Friday. Or would would Pat allow you?
7: Or? <laughs> I grabbed it in intention that I would, but then Pat said, "Let me hit it." And look, it was more important for him yeah. to get more goals. If like I said, if if he's moving up the scoring charts, the team are doing better. So it's better for him to have more goals than me to have a momentum. Heading off into the sunset. So yeah, I have plenty of them anyway. Yeah,
2: it's well, it's some achievement to finish a career at a club after nearly a decade, and you. I think you've more you've more medals than you have than you have goals for the of club. So that's that's,
7: that's why I didn't hit the penalty
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, be some story. I was actually chatting to someone today, and he put fifty euro on the dock at fifty to one to win the league. You come, you know. I know it's a long shot, but uh, if it did happen, you'd be coming back for another league medal.
7: <laughs> well, you made a point there, and i have seen obviously people biting. At for the great year of both, I have them are three points behind them. Yeah, yeah. So look, stranger things have happened, but I don't think the lads will be talking about league titles just yet. And yeah. there would be the big, big time in the year now, especially with Europe around the corner and a chance to do well in the new competition and kind of just take you from weak or. 2 and 3
2: weeks at a time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um no look, on that. not no, like just want to wish you well because you've always been I, I did say it to you I text you last week but like in terms of the likes of myself and others uh, like I can't speak for them obviously but you've always been very good with your time and and all the rest and it, it is it is appreciated because I'm sure the media is an absolute headache at the best of times but um about this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um yeah, look, it is it is appreciated because, like, you, you know, not just you, but a long list of people at that club have been very good to us over the years, and um, hopefully we weren't <laughs> we weren't cursed too much.
7: Nah, nah, it was always good to deal with the, the media,
2: especially the local outlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, I was joking with someone the other day. You're probably doing more for cross border relations than anyone because the amount of people saying they'd love to go up and watch you now in Windsor Park and stuff. Or if you had exactly,
7: say, yeah. Well, uh, I'll increase the crowd capacity
2: now With a, a, an influx of visitors From the south now oh, listen, I, like Again look I won't hold you Chris But I really do appreciate it And uh, thanks for everything over the years Both as a, a fan and as a, a reporter really is appreciated And I hope we'll, hope you do well up there And add a few more trophies and all the rest That's
7: the plan anyway
2: Brilliant listen cheers for that I really do appreciate it thanks again No worries
7: James thanks very all much right. Thanks bye bye bye, bye.
1: An 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 honest interview, as you would expect with uh, with Shieldsy, but uh, you know, I suppose it's only kind of coming to people and stuff like that when you see social media as well. That now he's gone. That kind of when you do go back to Oriel now as well. That like he's kind of somebody that won't be there. But uh, again, I think speaks very well in the thing. I think he answered all the questions honestly that we all thought, and um, you know, he was moving for you know reasons of Dundalk's demise or. Liam Carroll's influence, or and he kind of answered all them kind of questions kind of straight up. So kind of a good interview, and an honest interview, actually.
2: Yeah, look, he's a he's a good lad. Like, I mean, I, I speaking with the reporter's hat on me for one moment, like he was always very forthcoming of his time. A, a lot of the guys, where I don't want to single him out, but like he he was, and he kind of. He he's a funny character too. Like he'd be a good man for a one-liner and stuff. You know, he'd be entertaining, and you can only imagine. I'd say he was a great man to have in a, in the a dressing room at times to kind of lighten the mood when it needed to be. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of sad to see him go. It'll be, I suppose, weird not to, you know, see him there. Um, I suppose that number five jersey he's had it. He actually wore number six in his first season. Liam Burns at the number five, but it just kind of. You you're so used to seeing it on a team sheet. I think earlier this season he was on the bench for a game in Bali Buffet, and it's just weird to to not see him in the starting eleven. And I suppose that's something we'd have to get used to now. But um I suppose what a what a legacy he leaves behind. Um, you know, I, I don't think too many supporters would have been overly disappointed had he not re-signed in 2013 and um you know to see how Devastated they are now. In some cases, to, that he's gone. I think it's it's testament to the man um, and and his growth because um, I don't think you know being a lot of good players at Oriel Park over the years, and I'm I'm going back, you know, even to bygone years when I say that, but I don't think anyone has improved to the level he did. And uh, you know, I think Dundalk was very good to Chris Shields, and I, I think but Chris Shields was very good to Dundalk as well.
1: I think it's a it's a very fair point, because when I try of even surmise in my head, like, it, you know, from looking back, if you just say over the last 10 years, you know, who are the great players for Dundalk, the best players now. And like I sadly, I wouldn't put Shieldy in like the top three best Dundalk players that there were, etc. But I would certainly, if you were to go, as you said, go back to 2012 and 13, what I would do is say he was the most improved by a country mile like he, he developed himself there you know he he grew physically you know he his game smarts um move forward you know he, he could read games better he started every game that was essentially kind of what he did um you know was there technically gifted players better than him yes but you know kind of as I said earlier like in that Kante role if you can get a guy that can just do it break up the play you know spread it around slow it down you know, and, and he developed that in his game immensely. Like, it, the the growth that he got out of that. And and I think, you know, you see sometimes, I don't know, people reference, you know, you've always these really talented guys, like a fucking, who'd be like more gifted. Whether it's a Horgan or a Mickey Duffy or not necessarily a tell, but um, Shields was this... You know, I always actually put this guy down as well, but he was—he was the John O'Shea kind of character. That he was, I would feel he was an average footballer that worked his bollocks off, that gave everything that he could to develop the needs, develop his his game and stuff like that. And I think he got the absolute maximum out of his game for Dundalk, and I think he's an absolute credit to the league. And you know, listen, me. May he kind of his continue going uh, in Linfield because they've got themselves a, a cracking experienced pro now. Yeah, it's funny.
2: It's funny you say that about the the John O'Shea reference because I think you know uh, he probably was that sort of utility player initially. I mean, he, well, he when he initially started, I think well Stephen originally signed him as a centre half and and. Funny enough, that's where he finished up as well, you know, filling in in recent weeks. But, um, like, I've seen him play left-back for the Dundalk, you know, you know he'd play anywhere. And even, you know, he's had some big moments as well. I mean, I think it's easy to remember the sort of flair players, and that's why you'll always think yeah. of a Horgan or someone like that. But, you know, you think back to, like, Even Alkmaar and and you were there as I was, like people forget at times that it was him that went on that galloping run down the left wing Mm. that won the free that led to the equalizer. And I think there, anyone who was there, I think their moments you'll never forget in your life. And, you know, some big goals too, like it was, you know, effectively his goal in Cork that a few guys referenced there that, Mm. you know, that more or less won the league that year, which was, you forget about it now, but like how big that was because. 2017 Cork had sort of got ahead of for probably the first time after what three years of being runners up and, um, to, to win back that title was a big moment for, for the club, for Stephen Kenny. Uh, and it was probably fitting that it was someone like him who popped up with the winner. And then, you know, even Vinnie Perth's first trophy, the sports cup, finally, the, the winning goal in the shootout, he would the winning goal in the shootout over in, uh, Boling against Sheriff in, in, on the way to the Europa League group stages last year which that, that to be fair was probably the game that got them there I know they had to play Claxwick after that but it was the it was really the Sheriff game that was the, the toughest of, of that sort of run He um, was a very
1: good game. penalty taker actually It was kind of just a yeah. nonsense kind of hard down the middle kind of bang, you know, so, you know, he's a very, very good player to take, actually.
2: Whatever works I mean, like, you know, we've we seen this week in, in the Euro with someone like Mbappe, you know, who, you know, undoubtedly talented and undoubtedly won the best finishers in the world, but, like, you know, sometimes you, it just doesn't go for you, but Shields was fairly steady. I remember Talbot won against Bose a couple of seasons ago, but but by and large, I think his record was fairly good. Um, But, yeah, like, he probably didn't like taking them as well. Like if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, those penalties um that I referenced in, in the dairy shootout and the, the 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 sheriff one. Well, I think the dairy one. I think it was when it was in sudden death. And yeah, I think he may, he might have took the last one against sheriff. But um you know, he he had the bottle to on the big occasion as well. And I think you know he he will be a big loss and i'm i'm glad he kind of referenced some of the not mistruths, but um you know probably not not so much from the dog fans but i think there has been a narrative um within the league maybe that you know he's he's jumping ship because you know the dog are struggling at the moment but um i just think it's something that is you know, good for for him and his family, and uh, you know the security of a three-year deal. You know, he he spoke himself about what it would mean playing in, in somewhere like Windsor Park every couple of weeks. You know, you, that that can only but inspire you. And you know, even you see now is like his debut for Linfield. I think you know straight into to a Champions League qualifier over and let like mm. you know, and it's I think it's country number twenty that he'll be playing. in in competitively which is you know it's a phenomenal achievement if you had to said that to him and <laughs> when he joined from Bray that you'll, you'll play in 20 countries and play in two Europa League group stages and and you know you 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 wouldn't nearly rule him out doing something like that again because um, we were actually up at it, the Carabao game um, in Windsor Park a couple of seasons ago and Linfield were probably unlucky not to claim a big scalp at that time they're, they're, they're going full time now and that's surely going to be an ambition for them to sort of kick on and uh you know, make that sort of European breakthrough themselves. And, you know, as you say, with someone like him in there, they have a much better chance than they had before now, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think, I I suppose, even to to go back kind of further, I know when people kind of look at him and stuff, and when you think of Shields as well, you think of some of the moments. But you also actually think, wasn't he captain with all the kind of save our club things? So all them images that people have with all the banners and all this kind of stuff. So he really had such a... Such an influence and such like he was a he was a larger than life character in it as well. So like it, it'll be hard to um, replace that, uh, especially looking at their midfield now. Like and um, I think that's a big loss to Dundalk. But uh, as I said, um, for him, his kind of larger than life moments and characters, like you, you know, I have to say again to. Quebec, like, I wish the man nothing but success. And I I think we've kind of, we've definitely lost one anyway, with him kind of heading off to Linfield, but not for one second do I blame him. I think he did the exact right thing for him and his family anyway.
2: Yeah, 100%. And look, (laughs) we sort of joked about it, but like, there wouldn't be much love lost between the Dawk and Linfield, obviously. But I think that sort of will. Be a little better now because I think everyone will keep an eye out from everyone will wish him well and, um, you know it's it's he's had a brilliant career and you know you never know maybe it'd be great if at some point he could get back for a proper send off. You know, I know we referenced how good the other day was, but someone like that, you know, deserves to, you know, probably get his moment in front of a few thousand people on the pitch and stuff like that. Um you know, he, 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 he's been, I think the hardest, like, look, the dog have lost a lot of good players over the years. I think it, it was that sort of romantic link as well to, you you mentioned it there to save our club, you know, to, to, to go from, you know, a club that was almost out of existence. Um, You know, I, I didn't actually ask him, but you know, there was probably weeks in 2012 where maybe he either didn't get paid or feared he wouldn't get paid. And, you know, to go from that to the, to the heights that he, that he did and all he won like it was it was a very you know you don't have to be a dundalk supporter to appreciate a story like that um as a matter of fact it would probably be unbelievable if if you if you wrote a script just based on fiction but um yeah like we all we all lived this and and enjoyed this and and he was very much at the heart of it and it, it does feel a bit like the end of an era but um you know we'll always have the memories i suppose
1: absolutely well well, that's that for this week with us anyway but uh, we, we really hope you appreciated the, the Chris Shields tribute act we had tonight anyway so um, again you can follow us on Twitter at pressbox.doc or drop us an email if there's something you'd like to discuss at info at pressbox.ie the podcast is available on all po- major podcast apps and you can find a link to them all on the website www.pressbox.ie I've been Craig Colgan with James Rogers thanks for listening